0: Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists
1: On how to be insensitive the fakeness in your eyes your casual goodbyes by the chill of your embrace the expression on your face that told me maybe you might have some advice to give on how to be insensitive
0: That was Alex Worms with her incredible version of the 1994 Jan Arden classic, Insensitive. Alex just happens to be my very special guest this week. My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. My guest this week is a singer, songwriter, composer, and musician whose music and styles defy genres. She's comfortable doing anything from jazz, classic, pop, soul, rock, or folk. Everything she creates has an authentic and honest tone to it, and her emotions draw from real-life experiences. Please welcome to the show, Alex Worms. All right. So my guest this week on Musicians FAQ is Alex Worms. Alex, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. I've been looking forward to chatting. We first met in Song Studio just over a year ago. I guess they just had uh, the Song Studio just concluded again for this year. And I saw that you uh, had your your song, one of your songs covered by Jesse T. How was that?
2: That was incredible. That was such an amazing feeling, especially because... Um... The last summer when we met that was my first time at the song studio workshop and I realized from that workshop just how much I still had to learn about songwriting and I worked at it really really hard over the past year and then to have my song covered this year when the year before it was not chosen uh, just made me feel really good and Jesse T of course is a phenomenal performer and you know as someone who I would say a yeah, I perform quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none kind of person. And and with Jessie, she's just so great at the performing aspect. Like it, she brought something to that song, uh, especially with her singing that I, I felt that I couldn't. So it was a really, really cool, exciting feeling.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it must have been incredibly rewarding. Yeah, I've listened to it a few times over the last week and i thought you know it's just beautiful and i'm a big fan of jesse's and i actually got to co-write a song with her not too too long ago um but yeah immensely talented and and everywhere i've never i mean she's you know probably the hardest working person in show business it's it's incredible um all right so i just that sort of struck me right away just because of our our connection with song studio and and the connection with jesse and you'd done a show with her i think as well a virtual show not too many months ago as well I
2: did. yeah, yeah i got I get... to open for her at a virtual concert called uh, music by the stream a couple months ago um, Right. yeah it, again really cool experience you know um she's someone i definitely look up to who's been doing this a bit longer than me and i i felt like i learned a lot from her uh at that show and then again when she covered my song and <laughs> gave me Good. some ideas
0: that's all it is. It's all about learning and getting new ideas. Um, so I want to kind of take things back to the very beginning because, I mean, I really don't know that much about you. Uh been a, a fan. I mean, we were in a in a breakout group in Song Studio together. I mean, I've heard you sing and play, uh, and I know you're a great uh, songwriter, but I don't know too much about you personally. So where were you born? And tell me a little bit what your childhood was like.
1: So
2: I grew up in Pickering, uh, east of Toronto. Um, and, you know, I, I think I had... A fairly normal you know childhood I I tried a lot of different you know activities I was in sports I was of course in music um, you now I went to several different schools growing up but we never moved which was which is kind of interesting so I, I definitely um, I don't know like I, I I don't know if there was really anything
1: remarkable about no. it to
2: be quite honest I did live one thing that I, I think um, kind of stands out to me like we we lived in um, a, a street that was pretty out of the way and there weren't many other kids on the street growing up so I do remember f- and both my parents worked uh, quite a bit so I do remember having long stretches of time uh, sitting around in the house uh, being kind of bored and sometimes kind of lonely um, but I I always had uh, my music and uh, my piano so I I think um, having all of this space and time to fill as a kid um, really helped me to just really really love music and and messing around on my instruments and um, getting learning to create that way.
0: Nice nice so you said you'd gone to a lot of different schools is that just a normal progression as you went to each grade level or was it more than usual and, and what prompted that?
2: Um oh it's been a long time Well, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I did. I I remember a couple of the schools I went to weren't like a typical public school. Like I, I remember I went to the kindergarten class I was in was a big one room classroom, you know, where they only taught kindergarten and then you know we moved to another school that was only grades 1 to 3 and then we moved to another school that was only grades 4 to 8 like i i just remember going to these little schools uh that weren't um you know uh, full full schools i, I guess and right, right. um and then at one point my parents decided to take my brother and i uh out of private school and put us in catholic school and then I went to Catholic high school and then I decided I didn't want to be there anymore. And I moved to public high school. So there were just a lot of different reasons for (laughs) different school switches.
0: Yeah, no, it's Um, interesting. I mean, I I know a lot of people, myself, I went to a lot of different schools because we moved around a lot um, and that certainly has some impact on your childhood. And I find that the moving around a lot has sometimes been a very common factor with a lot of musicians and songwriters. I always find, there's probably something that triggers whether it's angst or whether they're just, there's a lot of music in the house or whether like you described, maybe having some loneliness where you kind of go music becomes your best friend. I'm just, I was just curious whether the schools had informed any of that because sometimes when you're moving around a lot of schools, it's hard to fit in. um, Or whether there was maybe music schools or art schools or things like that involved in your childhood.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure like, you know, everything I've ever experienced has tied into my music somehow, especially because, you know, I was so in love with it from a very young age. And, um, you know, I I think one thing, uh, one characteristic that kind of sticks out to me to do with switching schools was that it never really bothered me too much to leave, you know, one ecosystem or one group of people uh, and just up and leave and go to another, because I don't know if I ever felt terribly close to anyone like I, I would have you know like it's not that I had no friends I had friends <laughs> but you know the friendships weren't so deep that I could not right. bear to leave and I remember um, you know especially switching high schools I, I think you know when you're 13 14 15 um, you know I, I, I think that that almost felt like it was going to be tough. And then I left and I realized I didn't really miss any (laughs) of those people that much anyway. So I've always been a very kind of independent person. And I I actually, you know, that last move. um, And I I guess we'll kind of, you know, the more we talk about my life, we'll see more kind of demonstrations of this, getting up and leaving one thing and and seeing if there was something different to do. I've done that in a lot of ways, but My, my last high school, my, la- um, I, I did end up meeting, uh, a lot of friends who I still talk to today. So I did finally find my fit, but it was, there was a lot of bouncing around kind of leading up to that. And, um, yeah, just, I don't know, I guess on the positive side, I got to meet a lot of people and experience a lot of different things yep. and, uh, have a lot of ideas, um, So that's,
0: uh, that's that. Yeah, I think that's the positivity. I I think for a lot of people who haven't been away from their family or haven't moved around a lot or haven't changed schools a lot, it becomes one of those things where they finally get out on their own. Maybe they want that freedom and they really go extreme the other way. But I found a lot of times they're just afraid to kind of branch out and they don't necessarily want to try new things. They want to stay where things are comfortable. So I think it's kind of great that you've got that that curiosity the where you're just going well okay everything's great here but okay what's the next adventure and you know
1: <laughs> exactly
2: um
0: yeah. now were were your parents or other people in your family musical
2: yeah um my i, I have a lot of uh, musicians in my family um nobody who pursued it professionally though right. so um there were, the music was definitely always there but um yeah that that's kind of one thing that actually made it difficult to go out and do what i'm doing now because i You know the attitude was always this is something we do for fun and we love it and we work at it a lot but it's for fun it's for fun (laughs) right it's an attitude I kind of had to uh, get over Um, but yeah um, so but that definitely was really really helpful because we would always be singing and people would bring their like lots of different instruments too uh, people would bring their instruments to like the family Christmas parties and you know the cottage and whatever and we jam and sing together, and
0: uh, that was always so much fun. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, I mean, if music still has that stigma where, yeah, music's great, but you can't make a living at it, or, you know, or that's not a legitimate <laughs> type of lifestyle, or or whatever, whatever it is, I mean, a lot of people come out from different angles, I mean, you know, you know, for my parents, I mean, there's a lot of music in the house, but yeah, they always, have, you know, have a fallback plan, have a plan B, uh, you know, go to university, and all those things, and then there's other people who just there is no plan b it's 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 music or that's it <laughs> like there isn't anything yeah. else i can do so are there are you somewhere in between or is there is it all in for you or is it
2: definitely all in and um kind of uh like most things uh, in my life it, it it took a lot of bouncing around to kind of get to that point um, but yeah, I, I don't really do anything that is, uh, for, for work. I do, uh, you know, I, I do go out and have fun once in a while. Um, it, uh, everything, everything I do for work is music related. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I, I did, um, study science in university at the beginning and I used to do calculus and physics and, you know, somewhat be okay with it but you know at this point like I, I have students so I'm, I'm a music teacher and a performance coach I obviously I perform live I do sessions session work uh, on different instruments I'm now in film scoring as well uh, since COVID and um, and I have my singer songwriter project and that all keeps me very busy. <laughs>
0: it's a lot of different hats yeah and I mean I guess to some extent you know music can be very mathematical when you talked about some of your Um, higher learning with with math um, and sciences and things but um, certainly an an arts considered an artsy thing but I think maybe even piano more uh, I mean there were studies done that um, kids that have formal piano training and things like that will do much much better in in areas of math and things like that
1: I walked a broken road down to a place we used to Steps are buried underneath the ground Oh, son, don't settle me I took my pocket change
2: Hi, this is Alex Worms, and you're listening to Musicians FAQ with Stuart McKee on CKMS Radio Waterloo 102.7. All
0: right, there's a song called Sunset by Alex Worms. So when did music actually enter your life? And I mean, obviously quite young, but did it come in through the family or was it the radio or you said you mentioned you had a piano I mean when did the piano come into the house or was that always there
2: well um I my dad had uh like long before my parents got married and whatever he had this beautiful it still has a beautiful uh, weighted keyboard um and there are old home videos of baby me and like those nice. little baby basket rocker things yeah. whatever those are called uh, by the bo- you know below the piano while my dad's playing it so I, awesome. I, there's no doubt in my mind that that was probably my first introduction to music was hearing my dad play the piano and I do remember some of my earliest memories um, I don't know what age that would have been three four but I was always trying to climb up on that thing, like get on the bench when it was taller than me. And I remember like it would take so much work to get up there and then I would be on the bench and he had this, uh, he had a bunch of music books. um, And one of them was uh, the sheet music for Phantom of the Opera. And it had like all the original Broadway cast pictures in it. And I would plop that book up on the stand and pretend I could read the music uh, oh, and cool. then I was playing the notes. So, uh, I had been asking and asking and asking for piano lessons. Like since I could talk, my parents waited until I was about seven to actually <laughs> okay. enroll me. Um, but yeah, I, I always, always was drawn to that piano and, um, that has not changed. Like I, I still like the only thing I want to do most of the time is, is play this freaking thing. <laughs> like <laughs> I, um, and you know, other than that, like my, just my my parents playing records. Um, you know, we had a lot of C. Well, they weren't records; they were CDs. Uh, but you know what I mean. Um, your parents are
0: your parents are younger than me. Then. <laughs>
2: I I don't know. I, I, but uh, I mean, I don't know what old you are, but.
0: (laughs) I grew up on records. I mean, for me, it was records, eight tracks cassettes, and then CDs came into the picture much later in life. But uh...
2: I don't remember seeing an actual record until like being, you know, much older when they started vinyl started making a comeback. But I, I remember when I was younger, it was always CDs and like, my dad had just drawers and drawers and drawers of cds and uh, he was always showing me stuff um there's another uh, you know going back to those like early 90s old home videos that my parents have of me like there's the cutest video of i don't know how old i would have been maybe one and i really my dad always told the story he i i loved tom cochran when i was a kid when i was one uh, because every time he started playing, like, Life is a Highway, like, I, I started, like, dancing, and it wasn't other music, and that was really cute, because I actually got to open for Tom Cochran a few years ago in Hamilton. Oh, no kidding. So oh. that that was a funny kind of full circle moment uh, at sure that, would that was have been. festival of friends, I think, in 2019 but um yeah so music was always around um mostly because my dad was always playing stuff for me on the piano um and also on cd and um yeah he loved it and uh, so then i did as well and i i still kind of have you know i i developed a lot of my own taste kind of the more i listen to different things but there is a lot of um his taste in music is is kind of still there when i listen which i I think is kind of cool kind of nice
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Tom Cochran, obviously Canadian, and then you've covered Jan Arden's uh, Insensitive, which is, you know, is not a, it probably goes back to around the same time as, as that Tom Cochran song. So was that, was that an influence by the parents as well? And um, do you have a special sort of affinity with Canadian artists?
2: Definitely. Yeah. And, and that um, Insensitive was on Jan's, I think 94 album living under June. And that was one of the albums that was in, one of my dad's overstuffed cd drawers okay <laughs> so i've known that song you know since i was little and um
0: and it's a beautiful version that you do by the way Pardon? It's a beautiful version that you do by the way.
2: Thank you. Thank you I mean, so much. That's a tough that's... song
0: to cover. I mean that was such a massive massive hit and i mean a lot of people for a lot of people that that's the first song they'll think about when they think about Jan Arden.
2: Mhm. Well, for me, like it was a song I came back to a lot, like, you know, when I was really young, I thought it was beautiful. And I, I love that entire album. Um, You know, my older music, you know, structurally, I think follows a lot of the, the tropes of, of nineties pop music. So like Jan Arden and early two thousands, like Vanessa Carlton, like, you know, when songs were still five minutes and they had three verses and two bridges and stuff like that. I, I, that was, you know, really, really kind of, I, I guess a key kind of time in uh, in my life listening to music. And I always came back to the song Insensitive. Like, you know, when Spotify became a thing and I started listening to music on Spotify, like, and I didn't have CDs anymore, um, you know, I, I still went back and I downloaded that album because, you know, I, I liked it so much. And when it came to... Uh, the last recording session I did for the last couple of solo singles I've put out, um, the producer I was working with said, Hey, why don't you do a cover? Like you haven't released any cover songs yet. That might be cool. And I'm, we, we were looking at, you know, some recent songs, you know, we we're looking at post Malone and Julia Michaels songs and, you know, they, they sounded okay. We wanted to do a solo piano thing. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't totally convinced and I was just, as I do, as I spend a large uh, portion of my time doing, I was just messing around on the piano, and then that insensitive just popped in my into my head out of nowhere. Right. And you know, I always thought it was a piano song, to be quite honest. Like I, I, I had never heard anyone else play it that way, um, but I, I just, you know, had this feeling that it kind of was meant to be that way. Uh, in in my mind anyway and I sent a little voice I I just played through it once as as you've heard on the single my interpretation is very simple and very stripped down uh so you know it wasn't something I really needed to practice much just kind of happened and I took a little voice memo and I sent it to the producer and uh he called me back five minutes later and was going like what was that right and um I think what's really cool about covering that song you know in 2021 is that a lot of people my age have never heard it before right right they don't know it and it it, it's such a it's such a perfect song uh it's written by i don't know if you know this it's written by ann Lori, a a songwriter named ann Lori, who um so jan's version is technically a cover as well (laughs) um but just it's it's such a perfect song right it 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 really is
0: well and it's it's funny because i was going to say just what you were saying like as i'm thinking it's a brilliant cover um because a lot of older people will remember the song but a lot of newer people will maybe think it's a it's a brand new song as opposed to covering something by julia michaels that was just hot like a year or two ago or even more recently i think that's a great way to go because then it really does give you a little bit more freedom to do your interpretation. And I think that's nice coming at it from from a piano artist, um, you know, to be able to kind of do your take on it. And and especially when it happens organically and naturally, where the song was always in your life and meant so much to you. Um, you know, I think that's then it's much more honest and convincing when you hear it. It's not like, oh, she's trying to cover that song. It's like, wow, that really does I mean because that's why I thought I thought, well, that really that's a perfect song for you. I mean you know if, if I'd never heard it before and you told me you wrote it I'd be like yeah it makes sense <laughs> yeah. um yeah so. and
2: I mean I'm not trying to you know pretend that I wrote it either no I, no I just no. I really like you know for me I if I think about you know really if I was going to pick one kind of style of music that really uh, cemented my my love of of music and songwriting it it's this stuff it's you know the late 90s early 2000s female singer songwriter music um you know uh, and i I like the idea that other people might go and listen to it now just you know it's one thing that I really love so that that i I like kind of sharing with other people
0: <laughs> well and I love the idea that you're identifying with that type of song um as you said the the longer songs because it seems like songs are getting shorter and shorter and i find even as a listener i'm getting sucked into that myself i mean whether you go on TikTok or wherever or somebody puts out a song you know i catch myself kind of going if it doesn't grab me in the first 30 seconds i shuffle on to the next song where i never used to do that i mean you know i'd bring home an album and i would listen to an entire album side and then flip it over and listen to the other entire side and then you'd start to have your favorite songs that you might skip to but Um, you know, it it seems to be more and more of a formula. Now, that being said, and I'm just talking mainstream radios, I think maybe you are as well, but um, I mean, there's still lots of artists that are doing things outside of the norm, and I think it's, you know, there's that balance of what's artistically um, satisfying to you um, creatively and and to other people who maybe want to hear that same type of song, and then also trying to find something that's commercial and appealing enough, because you do need to make a living, Um, So it's a tightrope to walk for sure. But uh, so far, it looks like you're doing a great job with that.
2: Thank you.
1: Day life and every day long When I call in the question, links we go to the Pushing that envelope And I know it's irresponsible to drink for attention. It's either lose out or lose myself. And I counted the coasters, the kisses to my collar, feeling angry and confused. How I want not to want to. I hate remaining.
0: find myself singing along to that one what a great tune that's called too many love songs by alex worms um so so when did you actually um uh, first start then singing um and and writing songs
2: oh well um so i was classical piano was my first love so i as as we kind of, this is this is working really well the segue was perfect um so i i got my piano lessons around age seven um could not, parents could not rip me off the piano. Uh, I was playing classical piano. I I did really well because I never stopped practicing. And I got, I, by the time I was 11, 12, I was playing around, you know, I, I believe I was grade eight, grade nine in the Royal Conservatory by that point. So just, you know, really, really loving it. Um, And what ended up happening was one summer, um my mother forced me to go to drama camp <laughs> and i didn't want to go but then i went and i loved it and so then of course we started looking at musical theater auditions mm-hmm. and because i i i loved it and At that point, it was like, well, if you're going to do musical theater, you have to sing. Um, So took a couple of singing lessons and, um, you know, it it went well. Uh, And now that I had a little bit of an understanding of how to sing and I was singing in stage productions, um, then I, I decided I wanted to learn to play and sing at the same time. And I remember that was really, really difficult for a couple of weeks. And then eventually I started being able to, you know, do both and and play more complicated things while singing it. It took a long time. <laughs> um, and then I started writing my own songs. Like it, it just kind of was, you know, one thing fed into the next. And um, I just, I, I guess I started having ideas, you know, um, I mentioned that, you know, I would go to school or go to theater or whatever. And and I, I think a lot of kids would come home and they'd be friends with the neighbor's kids and they'd go and hang out with their friends. Like if people were always saying, oh yeah, like I was hanging out with so-and-so yesterday and like we watched movies and whatever. I didn't have any kids on my street, right? right. So I would, you know, any kind of social interaction with someone um, because, you know, obviously in class, you're not really interacting with people that much I mean be a little bit but anytime anyone said anything to me that I thought you know that I'd be like oh man that was so nice right like things just had such a huge impact on me that really were were just very small and then I'd be thinking about that one thing you know on the bus home and then I'd I'd be in the house by myself with that one one or two things maybe that I thought were cool that happened that day and they would just, and I'd be practicing, and and those thoughts just kind of started organically working their way into the music I was playing. And I, I mean, that that's kind of how I I still write songs today. I'll have, you know, I'll I'll be thinking about something or watching something or talking to someone about something, and a phrase will stick out, and it's not necessarily someone's exact words, or it could be, but the thought just, you know, the 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 sentence fragment just pops into my head and usually it already has a melody and then, and then away I go. Um, so that, that kind of was my way of journaling, I guess, when I was a kid, like some yeah. people I'm sure wrote diaries. I started writing my diaries in the form of music. Um, mm. And that was just how I kind of processed things um, from about 12, 13. And then I, I never stopped. Yeah.
0: And, I, and I wonder if being a piano player, maybe more than a guitar player, um that you're saying the melodies were all kind of already there whereas I know if I come up with a line or a lyric sometimes I just blurt it out and I'll get lucky and I'll, oh that's kind of a catchy little melody but I, I I would think as a piano player there's just naturally more melody in your head and in, in just in your existence um but uh like I was thinking about was too many love songs that was uh your song as well and and that does just sound like a, a line that you know you're sitting around with some friends and man there's just too many love songs on the radio or however it came out and I don't know if that's how it came about but I I mean I loved that was the first song yours I heard and then I saw the video and you're dancing around your apartment and it was just very fun and very casual but um but more than just a basic pop song which which was kind of lovely too so um
2: yeah definitely that one the the title of the song is what came that too many love songs like that that's what came into my head first and then the rest of the song was based on that (laughs) but yeah yeah so that that one um I can remember uh I kind of melted um two kind of days in my life into the uh lyric material for that one but um Yeah, yeah, that that was definitely one of those kind of lightning bullet lines that just kind of materialized in my brain one day.
0: That's awesome. Now, how does um, songwriting as a singer songwriter and writing for radio or pop or jazz or whatever, you know, sort of thing that you're writing for at the time versus writing for movies or soundtracks and things like that? And is it just instrumental music that you're doing?
2: yeah yeah so I'm doing for uh for film scoring um you're so in in film you have uh source music and uh which is sounds that are happening in like you know like the sound of cars or the sound of a radio sure. or whatever and actually sometimes I write source music for instance like one of the projects I finished a couple of months ago um I'm the song on the radio right so in that case it was writing lyrics you know Making you know, programming synth pop stuff, uh, and that was writing a song that would fit in the uh, in the scene. But usually, when I talk about film scoring, I'm doing the score, which is you know, like the soundtrack music, it's not, uh, it doesn't usually have words in it. Um, you know, it's just there to tell the audience what to feel about what they're seeing, right? right? So, with that, it's it's a lot of instrumental, it's all instrumental, um you know it's a, a totally different way to create music uh and it it's it's really cool
0: <laughs> yeah and, and it's such a powerful thing because you don't really notice it until you start to think about it and um when you're watching the movie and you know Jaws is always a good example or those yep. old Alfred Hitchcock movies where suddenly the music turns and you know something scary is going to happen or it gets lighter and you know something fun and you know and then Every once in a while, they might throw a wrench and the music and the scene contradict each other But uh, or it sets up something different that you didn't see coming. But usually, it, it and it's happening so naturally that you don't really realize it, but it, it's funny. And, and it does affect your mood and you're already at the place that they need you to be in. Um, so yeah, it must be a lot of fun. Um, it must be an incredible thing to do. So what yeah, do you, I mean, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you prefer? I mean, is this fairly new? Like how long ago did you start doing the scores and things
2: i did my first film score uh prior to co- just prior to covid okay. and that you know i not really knowing what i was doing right. to be quite honest um and that film came out uh in 2020 so that um that was my first it's called how to impeach a president if anyone wants to check it out um, you can find it on Amazon Prime and stuff. Uh, and I, I did that with uh, one of my bandmates. Uh, Ailish Corbett was co-composer on that with me. So we did that together and, and kind of figured it out. Um, but, it, you know, and then after that, you know, I was primarily doing live stuff. I uh, never really had an opportunity to explore it further. Uh, but it now with the lockdown, it, it has been mostly in the past year. Uh, so I did, um, I did two movie two short films uh, this year. And uh, I was also uh, involved in uh bell five TV show uh, called This is the Thing, which is a uh, Hamilton. Um, it's kind of like a hilarious love letter to Hamilton in uh, a short little uh, TV series. So I, I, I've had, you know, with the absence of all the other work i usually do the weddings the touring and you know the recording sessions and whatever i i had more time to uh dive into it and um i i'm working on i've signed contracts for my next two films that are going to be this fall and i just um i don't know if i like again i don't i don't really have a preference to be honest i what i like about having film scoring as an option for me now is that you know, and and you've definitely, every songwriter has experienced this. Sometimes you just don't feel like writing songs, right? And sometimes, you know, like I've figured out ways to pull myself out of that when a song does absolutely need to be written today for whatever reason, you know, there are ways to kind of get back into that zone. You know, it's not all organic. It can't be when you're doing this uh, as work, but it's nice you know to have lots of different possible ways to create music right sure. you know i 'm gonna work on this scene today because I really don 't feel like finishing track five of my new album, no. and um you know they both need to be done, but i 'm choosing to do that today so it it just kind of gives me um it gives me choice. Uh, so I, I I and I I really really like that because sometimes you just you know you need a need you need a break from one thing so then you do something else for a bit. And, yeah,
0: and, yeah, you can get yeah, my rep for sure. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. I mean, I've always associated you with the piano, but obviously you have other instruments in your room there around you that I can see. And I've noticed some things that you've posted on social media, usually involving you and a new instrument and your cat, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and, and experimenting whether it was a bass. Um, and is that sort of the, I mean, is there an ambition to learn some of these other instruments or how many instruments do you feel comfortable playing at this point? I mean, piano is obviously your main instrument. Is there another, are, are you fairly comfortable on guitar?
2: Yeah, uh, so, and, and again, just testament to having all of this time, uh, you know, mm-hmm. again, sitting in my house like I did when I was a kid, but you know, now having this ambition, right? I So I'm, I've been performing prior to COVID, I played guitar, but never performed on it. I played ukulele, but never performed, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of at the point now, like in, in some of my live streams, I am playing guitar. I am playing ukulele and I'm playing piano. Um, and as far as bass violin and trumpet go, um, I'm, you know, I'm still learning. Uh, and I do, I, you know, maybe in a couple of years, I'll be playing those before people for now. I just, find them really fun yeah. um and as you know occasionally like if i need to play a short baseline on one of my scores you know i i'll have to practice it way longer than a real bassist would but i you know i can pick it up and figure it out and eventually play it um but a lot of what i'm doing on the film scoring side now too is is production and using samples um you know and uh, kind of learning to play the computer <laughs> if yeah, you will yeah. so uh yeah yeah lots of uh i i'd say i'm still definitely the strongest on piano and voice and i i think i'll always be that way i've been doing both you know since i was a kid but um the other the other instruments are just it's inspiring to pick up something you don't know as well like and it's just you know the joy of learning something new like and you know um i i think the difference a day of practice makes on something new compared to something you've been playing for your whole life. Like it just feels good, right? Like I can play that scale today and I couldn't do it yesterday, you know, so yeah. there, uh, and the cat, you know, playing for my cat is just <laughs> everyone, everyone seems to enjoy that. Right. So it's partly for my own amusement, yeah. but also largely for everyone else's amusement. Cause you know, it's yeah, funny you how many people have brought up those, uh, those videos of my cat
0: (laughs) yeah you you can't go wrong when you when you throw you know a pet a cat or dog or or a small child into a video and you immediately get people's attention because it's got the cute factor
1: Singing your song Never be silent Showing your heart Knowing the truth Does anyone buy it? Day after day Never faced Or even acknowledged Fight, go away Far, far away Would anyone notice?
0: Alex Worms with a song called Birds from her 2019 EP, Burgundy. But but it's interesting. I mean, it can relate so much to everything you said. And I think so many people I've talked to, I mean, so many things have come out during the shutdown of COVID. It's like, well, I can't play live. So hmm, maybe I'll try this or I'll try that. And same thing for me, for sure. I mean, and I use bass and different instruments to kind of put a certain part into a song that I'm working on or recording at home or to add some color. But um, I was going to ask you about the inspiration thing, because I'm wondering, like, for me, being a guitar player first, and then if I start playing on the piano, and I've gotten more comfortable with that, and I've actually written quite a few songs on piano over the last year and a half, do you find that picking up a different instrument might inspire a different song? Like, have you been writing songs on anything other than piano?
2: Absolutely, yes. Um, And, in fact, that's why I had a guitar, you know, before COVID. Like, I wasn't performing on it. But some songs just, you, you know, when, when you're playing, when you're writing a new song, you, you, and you will know what I'm talking about, but you, you feel whatever the energy of that song is, right? And not all songs are meant to be piano songs. Yeah. So if I'm hearing, you know, something more in the rock side of things, um, it helps to write it on guitar, even though, well, I mean, I'm better at it now. Like now I'm, I'm confidently writing on guitar, uh, you know, three years ago, I was uh, playing guitar very badly, but it was still giving me kind of the energy and putting me in the the world that I needed to be in in order to, to finish that song right so definitely writing on other instruments. Uh, um, you know now do I pick up an instrument and say I'm going to write a song using this instrument no. Um, the ideas as I kind of said even even when I'm given a brief where it's like you have to write a song about this to fit this straight uh, idea I the ideas kind of hit me like a lightning bolt and then then I go okay what do I need you know to give myself in order to finish this and and that's kind of how I go and sometimes sometimes it's a guitar sometimes it's like a, a synthesizer sound or um you know in the case I think one of the songs I probably sent you was birds Uh, That was a viola sound. (laughs) 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 Right. And the viola hook is the first thing you hear in that song. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I definitely um, find having other instruments helpful, uh, especially because you know, when you play one instrument for too long, I, I find I kind of my hands start going to the same place and, and it's hard to yeah. kind of sometimes break a, a pattern of whatever you've been playing recently. So it's sure. a it's a good way to, uh, to get inspired for sure.
0: So upcoming i I always want to give you a chance to a couple of things i mean you've got a lot of different socials and websites and 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 things projects that you're working on so you know where where can we find you um what do you where are you going to be playing live next um you know when's the next song coming out what are some of the things that you want to promote right now
2: sure so um anyone interested in following my work can go to alexworms.com i'm also on almost every social media um at alex Worms on most of them and uh well all of them <laughs> that i am on uh and the other thing uh, so as far as uh new songs and performances go um the shows I'm, like, i i've booked a couple things um Yet to be announced, but I all of that is announced on my website. I also have an email list; is the best way to get my news about um, new music releases and shows. Um, and you can sign up if anyone does want to sign up for that. Uh, just go to the homepage of alexworms.com and scroll down, and uh, there's a little uh, sign up sheet to sign up for my email list. And once a month, I just send out the show dates and uh, any other news. Um, I have written a lot of new songs over the past year and um I'm you know working on what to record. It's a an issue of choice right now. Um I might have a couple of things that I'm sitting on <laughs> that I haven't announced yet that are may might uh might be waiting to be released. Um so uh stick around and see.
0: <laughs> Great. That's good. i I'm, I'm definitely excited to to hear and see uh what's going on next um and any artists or anybody I know you mentioned somebody earlier um and is there anybody that you want to kind of promote any up and coming whether they're indie artists or just a new artist that you're really you know inspired by um you maybe can for the benefit some of us maybe haven't heard of or maybe just somebody you want to promote and say there's a great artist Follow that person
2: oh yes so many so many of course (laughs) but um the two people who come to mind uh, that I, I've seen perform recently uh, are two uh, fabulous singer-songwriters fra- from Hamilton. So that would be Juliana Jones, uh, who is a pop and R&B, incredible, incredible singer-songwriter. And, uh, and Heather Valley, who's doing a Folk Americana uh, kind of sound um, Two other people from my Hamilton music community.
0: Nice. Great. Alex well, Worms, it's been absolutely a blast talking with you today, and uh, I'm glad we've had a chance to sort of connect and catch up a bit and, uh, and and get to know you a lot better than maybe the first time that we kind of uh, met and talked, but um, I look forward to seeing a lot more music and hearing a lot more music from you. And, uh, we can maybe follow up then down the road uh, when you have some new projects that you haven't quite announced that you're secretly keeping under wraps. And once they've been announced and uh, maybe we can (laughs) come back and do another episode and and highlight some of those as well.
2: Ah, I'd I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me.
0: It's been my absolute pleasure. All right. We got time for one more song today by Alex Worms. This is another song from her 2019 EP Burgundy. And this song is called "All Be Gone. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. My name is Stuart McKee, and this has been Musicians FAQ.
1: It'd be so nice to see you again Don't know if I I'm so tired of wishing and waiting
0: Hi, this is Hills of the Fog Blues and Brass Band. You're listening to Musicians FAQ on CKMS 102.7 Radio, Waterloo. With your host, Stuart McKee. Thank you for listening to Musician's FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists